The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're loaded up today. We'll talk some football and pro agility. Mike Babcock going to be with us. Some thoughts on Husker baseball, too, as they gear up for Northwestern. Who will be on the bus tomorrow? Baseball this weekend at Haymarket. Good stuff there. Golf with Mike Shuart, Wilderness Ridge. Shuey with us. And then... An extended sit-down with the Pirate himself, Mike Leach. We'll talk travel. We'll talk prom. We'll talk facilities, right? Because Leach got himself a facility with Bill Moose at Washington State. Get his take on all of that. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825. 5865. Numbers to dial up. Can find us on Twitter. Give us a follow at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. So the big news early this morning is kind of football related, as in you've got a venue to have one hell of a good country show with Garth Brooks coming to town to get your football season kicked off before week zero. Uh, at Memorial Stadium. First show since Larry the Cable Guy did a July 4th show at Memorial Stadium back in 2009. The first musical set up for Memorial Stadium, dare I say, since Farm Aid 1987, Farm Aid 3. There's an iconic picture somewhere I saw. I think it was from the Journal Star. I'll have to ask Babbers about this. But there's a picture as Tom Osborne was kind of checking out the field with Willie Nelson. (laughs) So Willie Nelson and Tom Osborne are pictured not on a grass field, Willie, but uh, it was turf back then, field turf now. I think this is exciting. This is great. This will be fantastic for the city of Lincoln. And I'm I'm thankful that uh, the university and the stadium are going to be used. I've not ever been to a a Garth Brooks show. Uh, I know... Friends that have, I know when he did PBA, it was multiple shows in a row. Was it two or three shows in a row? Yeah, I think he had three in one weekend. Yeah, three three consecutive because there's demand for that, and he just he just packs them in, and it's kind of a greatest hits setup because he has so many of them. I think at one point I bought my mother a Garth Brooks CD one year for Christmas. But that's that's, and I don't dislike Garth. I mean, I, if I'm going to listen to country, it's going to be Waylon and in in uh, Johnny Cash. I'm kind of a more of a classic country guy, or some Zach Brown. 
uh, you know, from probably 10 years ago. But th- that's that's like the extent of my, my 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 country music expertise. I don't hate on it at all. I just don't know it as well. So the question now shifts to this because you're dropping 80 bucks, right? Because you can start buying seats for this thing uh, a week from Friday, the 21st, they go on sale. And you've got 90,000 plus that'll squeeze into that thing. Are you going to be able to buy bottled water? Yes. Are you going to be able to get a slice of pizza or a runza? Probably. Are you going to get some nachos with or without jalapeno? Likely. Can you get a big old Pepsi? Probably. So I asked the the token beer question. And here's my understanding. I made a couple of phone calls today to, to people that know a heck of a lot more than me. And I don't think Garth Brooks does a show, does a stadium show without the opportunity to sell booze. Okay. Because I think that is a large, large take home of what he makes off of a show. In some reports, between 80 and 90% of, of all alcohol sales go to Garth Brooks. Now, if I'm wrong on that, I'm not trying to spe- spread vicious inaccuracy. That's just what I've been told. He's going to make most of his cake off of you spending 1250 on a Bud Heavy. Yeah, and from what I know, this isn't just like a Garth Brooks thing. This is very common among most musical That's artists. That's where they shift it. Give me the concessions. Yeah, they'll say, give me the concessions. You can have your gate sales. You can keep that money. Whatever I get from Ticketmaster is what I get from Ticketmaster yes. or the distributor. Yep. But give me, give me the alcohol sales. And you just wonder, will the powers that be allow booze in the stadium for this one time in 2021 it works well but it's a little bit of a different setup for pba right because pba's been built with a great partnership you've got your men's and women's teams that play there you've got your state basketball that is there and you also have you know pre-pandemic i mean lincoln did a phenomenal job of getting concerts and that that event number was creeping up towards a number you needed. You still need about 200 events a year there. But pre-pandemic, you were working your way up uh, between... And PBA's had some incredible shows. And we can... I still have my my uh, my tall boy koozie I use for golf, right? I don't know what the koozie cost me at the time when I went and saw Guns N' Roses, but I still use the koozie today because it, it keeps my tall boys nice and cold when I'm out chasing and trying to find my golf ball. With this, I would be very surprised if somebody doesn't come in uh, a Budweiser or Coors, you know, your heavy hitters that way, and say, look, we're going we're gonna to bid to be the pouring right king that day at Memorial Stadium for Garth Brooks. I, I just think that you, Garth's not going to, as much as he might love Nebraska and as, as much as Nebraskans love him, there's no way that he's not going to get paid to do a show. Would he make an exception? I guess. But if things can get worked out, you're going to just move forward and allow it. Well, if he made a an exception you would assume he'd be taking most of the gate sales then. And then I don't see what the university or, or I mean, what's their incentive for bringing Garth Brooks back to the state besides a service to the fans. Maybe if they're not making the gate sales, it doesn't economically, I don't see why they do it. So you, 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 you do, you do it. You do it because you want to give the 
community a shot in the arm mm-hmm. with hotels and kind of ramp up and kick things off before you actually kick off. It's brilliant. Uh, you're excited for the season. There's been other seasons you're more excited for as a football fan that have a little bit of a precursor. Maybe this could just be tradition. Maybe the, this is the first of many years of concerts to kick off the football season, the entertainment side. Tom Chattel had a great article, his column, just about, you know, you got to kind of reinvent, you got to uh, regenerate a, a demo. And Elijah, you're going to graduate here, uh, you know, soon. Uh, Damon's already graduated, and someday you're going to get the, the mailer or the phone call. Would you like to donate to Nebraska Athletics? And you're you're a sports fan. He's a sports fan. Don't know what the income will look like five, ten years, you know, whatever. It, it's kind of personal. But the point is, is college kids now are are very anxious to to be catered to and that's fine but you need wi-fi you need social gathering spots you know is it time to kind of look at it it, figuring out a way to make it more younger fan friendly wins yes will make you want to be at the event and nebraska is not it's way different i mean there's not a game we missed when i was in college and I took my sweet-ass time in college. <laughs> but there's not a game we didn't. The only reason we'd miss a game is if one of us were interning for ABC and we got a sideline pass, okay? We were still at the game, or we were in the truck, or we were getting Keith Jackson Twizzlers, whatever. We were still there to see it happen, right? And you're winning 10, 12 ball games a year. So a different time as we, we all think Nebraska should get bowl eligible this year, and kind of end the uh, the postseason drought. But this is a really cool thing. This is fantastic for the state, for the city. And I don't think this goes off without alcohol sales. And does it open the door for f- further communication and discussion someday about alcohol in the stands? You know, I know that's something that, that Coach Osborne's been pretty against. And, and his reasons and his research are well-founded there's also the responsible side of things where uh, you've got the best fans in college football that the majority would be able to handle it is it a necessity you've gone without it for years legally (laughs) okay (laughs) there's still alcohol in the stadium it's just how creative you get to (laughs) to finding your way into it but no this is really awesome this is good stuff and uh, I don't know if the timeline on the announcement for who and what will be provided to keep you hydrated that hot mid-August day. Well, in, in the words of Garth Brooks, just show up in boots. Uh, there's a lot of room for shooters in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never, I've never worn cowboy boots. My, my father had cowboy boots. Uh, cousin Dino had a lot of cowboy boots. But I never, I never asked the question, how many Jack Daniels shooters can you fit in a cowboy boot, Dad? <laughs> well, I, mean, I just know people that they never wear cowboy boots, but come Husker football game day, they're wearing well, cowboy boots. Keeping their feet warm. For keeping sure. their feet warm. Um, but my, my thing is, let's make this a yearly thing. Let's do a, it. A summer concert series at Memorial Stadium, like the week before the season kicks off, what have you. Build some excitement, get different genres of musical artists. They'll fill that stadium up every single year. Well, the other thing, too, is you got to have a little bit of a window pre-kickoff just because you you are using the stadium. I mean, if you're going to make it a, 
a concert. And from my understanding, you'll put Garth in the middle, right? So everybody can can see. It's not going to be south end zone or north end zone, right? Because you'd eliminate one section, just throw them in the middle with the stage there and, and do a 180 setup where you've got some monitors, you got his band, and it'll it'll be cool. I can't wait to figure out how to be a, a part of that with some road shows leading up to the game or or the or the show. Yeah, and I, I'm personally not the biggest country music fan, but I'll be there. It's an event. Garth Brooks is a star too. He's I mean one of the top grossing musical artists still. Um, everyone's gonna be singing along. It's gonna be a great time. I'm looking forward to it, dude. He prints muddy. Uh, looking forward to to maybe making some of these projections reality. Pro Football Focus putting out their top returners per position group. And a couple of snubs, you could argue, and uh, a couple of validations for some Nebraska names. This was interesting. When you look at the defensive line, run stopping and, and, and guys that can get after the quarterback, Ben Stilley comes in uh, at, uh, at number eight. So out of, the, out of the top ten lists that have been put out by Pro Football Focus, you've got Stilley. A uh, super senior that uh, comes in at number eight in pro football focus gives his grade at 79, uh, nearly nine grading points higher than his previous career best. So he had a nice number. And just to kind of give you some context, 81.5 was the grade given uh, to Alabama's Christian Barmore and Garrett and Hask- uh, Haskell Garrett for, for Ohio State. Both of those guys just went and 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 Barrymore uh Barmore excuse me was was picked late first round excuse me early second round he was uh, a first round talent by all accounts though but he was kind of a psycho in the locker room yes yes uh you know last time we talked to Ian Fitzsimmons he's like yeah dude he he's all about it he's great he's just nuts and he's nuts with his own teammates <laughs> yeah, so, so. so you talk about the on off switch in football that guy's flip is always or your guy's switch is always flipped on even when he's off the field right so <laughs> but for for Stilly to rank up there in in 2020 you know a point and a half two points behind some of these guys that's that's pretty nice uh, Jojo Doman and you look at the way football is right now a nice story on ESPN.com just about what what type of linebackers you need you want you need a guy that can hold up against the run in a phone booth against an Iowa against a Wisconsin teams Ohio State teams that get downhill when you get to the NFL you're still going to have your your running games right you're going to have your Taylors at Indianapolis uh, you're going to have your Kansas City with with their passing attack, but they're they're no stranger to the run game. Obviously, Tampa leaned heavy on their run game and play action, right? And then when things are clicking for a Pittsburgh, they've got a star back carrying the football. Uh, when Seattle's good, they're running the ball. San Francisco, they had a good one-two punch at running back. And even with the Rams, uh, when Gurley was healthy, you had a downhill rushing attack, right? So you need that running back to lean on. Uh, but you're you're facing more and more backs out of the backfield that, that can catch the football, right? You want to get guys in space. And JoJo Doman comes in as a perfect answer in this hybrid new linebacker role. And all JoJo's done is just kill it in the slot, in coverage, but also making plays behind the line of scrimmage. And you look at his coverage skills, well-touted, well-noted, 
uh, because of what he did in the secondary. But when it comes to his coverage, his coverage grade just shy of 87 points, nine forced incompletions, 19 passing stops. He's got good size at 6'1", 230, and he's gotten a lot better. I mean, his grade level rose up from 56 to 73 and a half. Uh, with the run stop. So you want to talk about all facets defensively at that second level, that hybrid spot. You need them. You need amazing athletes in college and in the NFL at that next level. And Jojo Doman coming in at number four. Now, from a snub standpoint, Cam Taylor Britt not listed in the top 10 corners. That surprises me. He's only had one year at corner. He's played a lot of safety. Deontay Williams, I think both guys will uh, rise up on this list like a bullet with really successful 2021 seasons. I think Cam Taylor Britt is a, a, a third round at worst guy. If he has a good senior season, we'll see where that goes. Mike Babcock's on the way. It's Hale Varsity Wednesday. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! You know, checking out some uh, Twitter during uh, the commercial break. Friends of the show, Danny Woodhead, uh, Matt Slauson. Slauson's telling a really good story about Bill Callahan keeping him after practice and having Jay Moore, our old buddy Jay Moore. We have to ask Jay next week about this. But Jay and Carricker just going one-on-one repeatedly against Slaw Daddy. And, and Slaw Daddy being really frustrated, not winning many one-on-ones, and then all of a sudden, uh, he snapped and he won a he won a one-on-one battle with Carricker. And Callahan's like, "All right, good work. Now do it every time." <laughs> he was he was in tears. He was so frustrated with just getting beat off the line by two NFL edge rushers. And Slaw Daddy got picked by the Jets, of course, and. At a long and uh, productive NFL career. We say hi to Mike Babcock with us. Hail Varsity Magazine, HailVarsity.com, at MD Babs on Twitter. Babbers, how's your Wednesday? What's up? Hey, it's going well. You know, I heard all your excitement uh, about uh, Memorial Stadium. Was that because Fordham's coming here, or what, what were you talking about? Well, we're talking about, uh, I always, like, got to pause and make sure I say Brooks, not Glissman. But, yes, Garth, <laughs> you know, there's going to be uh, ticket sales to see Garth Glissman uh, on on the uh, the 15th of August. Now, Garth Brooks is coming to town. I'd pay to see G-Unit. But, no, and I want your take, because, Am I imagining this photo that exists between Tom Osborne and Willie Nelson kind of staring out from the, the stage or the early moments of Farm Aid 3 and T.O.'s in a collared shirt and those probably those long red stretch pants, right? Like it's game day. And there's old Willie there, beard and, and headband tied on. And the, the expression... I would love a thought bubble from Coach Osborne near Willie, <laughs> near Willie Nelson. But do you remember the last concert, the Farm Aid show? Uh, you know, I didn't go to that. I, I remember that part of it, um, uh, and I'm not sure why I didn't go to that. But uh, yeah, that was a big deal. That was a, that was a great uh, that was a great thing. I mean, a great great fundraiser uh, with a lot of talented uh, uh, people being there and. Uh, you know, certainly uh, Willie Nelson had friends in low places, so sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was all good. But you know, I think Coach Osborne 
was a little bit concerned because it was on the field, you know, mm-hmm. and that was always something that he tried to be protective of. But by the same token, I think he realized it was for a good good cause and and probably supported it from that sense. What, what's your uh, what's your thought here on on Memorial Stadium opening their gates back up for a show? Well, I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, I I, I think it, I, I was disappointed when, for example, the uh, the Shrine Bowl was moved out of Memorial Stadium. You know, I, I just think that, uh, and, I, and I know Nebraska has reasons for things like that, but uh, I really would like to see that uh, facility used for, for other things. If they can do it um, without uh, creating problems, which, which I think they can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, it's, uh, I think it's really a good thing that, uh, that you have that, and, you know, especially coming on the heels of the pandemic, uh, an opportunity. It's outside, so that's a positive as well uh, to kind of get people back in the back in the flow of things. Mike Babcock's with us, Hale Varsity Magazine, HaleVarsity.com. Babbers, want to get into uh, some of the results here with the pro agility testing that's been going on with uh, the vertical jumps and the, the 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 agility here, and this is something that's pretty historic. Pretty tradition rich, isn't it, with the Nebraska football program starting starting with Boyd Epley? Where, all right, here's your normal college football player. Here's where they rate athletically from a timing and a, a, an ability to jump. I mean, just being an athlete out there on the football field. And then uh, here are our guys, right, that have been training, putting work in. I think it's pretty cool because a individually, the work you put in, you can see results just athletically, right? You're getting better as an athlete, but also, too, from a confidence standpoint. And if you can out-athlete, you got to out-tough people first in football, but if you can out-athlete people, uh, that that's also a major asset to your football program. Well, yeah, it's, it's really important, Smitty. And, and uh, yeah, Boyd Epley, uh, I remember at the inter- end of winter conditioning, he always had a, had a little news conference, and he released the results of uh, the testing, you know who was uh, who was atop the list in all the categories, and and uh, you know it. I, I think it it's good to acknowledge guys that you know that they're at the top that had some success, and you know so it didn't always mean that those would be the guys that were going to be the starters or whatever. Sometimes you had guys that that would surprise you with the results, but uh, I you know I think it's a good thing. I, I you know it it got to the point where it became much more confidential, and mm-hmm. and they. You know, uh, the strength and conditioning coach had decided that that wasn't a good thing to release that. But, but you know, I never, I never felt like it was a bad thing. And uh, yeah, Boyd certainly supported it. And you know, the really the tradition of the program, the strength and conditioning program, that's Boyd Epley. He he was so innovative, and so many of the people that worked under him uh, went on to be strength and conditioning coaches other places. And um, just a, a tremendous tribute to what Boyd did, but uh, that was part of the thing. You know, that was an advantage that Nebraska had over a lot of programs at one point, because not a lot of programs did that stuff. And uh, you know, now it's pretty commonplace. But uh, yeah, I was I was glad to see that. And you know, you obviously you look at a guy like uh, Cam Jurgens. You know, he, he was listed at what two hundred ninety pounds, yeah, thirty four and a half inch vertical jump. I mean, that's that's it's Babbers like, 
yeah, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, I uh, didn't take much to measure how far off the off the floor I could get. But, I'm right uh, with you. You know, that was pretty remarkable, I thought. Babbers, I uh, want to get your take, uh, and this is something we, we talked about yesterday quite a bit with uh, Mitch Sherman and Mitch's article, uh, you know, the the revisitation of, of the 0-1 Colorado-Nebraska game. wanted to get your quick perspective on that. Is that like the most shocking loss you've seen with Nebraska, or has that been surpassed by kind of the, the last few years of ups and downs uh, with with the program? Where, you know, what 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 was your read on that ball game and its effect? Um, no, that was probably as shocking a game as I've as I've seen in the time that I've covered Nebraska football because of the context and mm-hmm. because. Um, you know, I always felt like that 2001, maybe the uh, sort of the tipping point, the, the last uh, hurrah, the great thing was the Oklahoma game, uh, and and the uh, falling off the off the edge was the Colorado game, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, a minor, a subtle falling off. It was a dramatic falling off. Um, I did not think that that would happen. Um, and and even uh, even a loss, I would have never thought that would happen in that way. So yeah, it was as as shocking as as any game I could can recall having uh, seen in Nebraska during the, the forty plus years that I've that I've covered the Huskers. Babbers, there's some people online discussing where they think the, the game that that marked the end of the Nebraska dynasty was. Some say that 2001 college uh, Colorado game. Another or uh, another couple people say the 2002 Penn State game, 41 to eight Huskers lost there. And uh, a third group believes it's 2004 against Texas Tech, 70 to 10. All three all three of them embarrassing losses. But where do you think you realized okay, this Husker dynasty has come to an end? Uh, I think the 2001 game. Uh, in all honesty, although. Um, you know that uh, well that Texas Tech thing uh, that was uh, Bo Davis. Well, that was the game where he got hung out to dry. I think wasn't it? They uh, Bill put him in there and he just and he threw had a couple, five, three interceptions. And he had five, but yes, five. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was underestimated, but uh, you know, you know, take the guy out, give him a break. But um, yeah, I, I think 2001. I I really felt like that was a. You know, and then, and so then Nebraska uh, still qualified, goes to the, play Miami, and uh, and that was a really good Miami team, but it just kind of reinforced things, I guess, is that, uh, um, but uh, no, Colorado, I think was, was what what told it for me. Uh, you know, the Penn State thing was bad, uh, Texas Tech thing was bad, but um, I I think that. Uh, 2001 probably was uh, was the end of it. You know, the Penn State game, I remember just Jamal Lord and and trying to Nebraska trying to come back after Penn State jumped all over him. There were some turnovers and Richie got booted uh, I think before halftime or after halftime, I don't know, but he got ejected anyway. Uh, for uh, going after the whistle is how I'll leave that, and and then what blew me away was the next week where where you're at Iowa State and they're ranked right they're they're a good Iowa State team, and I don't know if Seneca Wallace was still there or not, but the point is is they 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 drilled Nebraska and I hadn't seen Nebraska, you know, Coach Mack had had that Iowa State program at, at a pretty high level. Uh, 
but they, Nebraska got drilled in back-to-back Saturdays like that. Penn State, night game, one thing, right? Early season ball game, and then you open up Big 12 play, and you get worked by Iowa State. Yeah, yeah, changing of the guard. And, and uh, you know, you. I, I don't I don't know. I, I, had, I was uh, disappointed when, when Frank was let go. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, there were just so many different things that, you know, I think Jamal Lord was. He, he sometimes gets doesn't get the credit he deserves. He he was a he was, he was a really great. good quarterback. Yeah. He was under in the unenviable situation of being. You know, he didn't have the guys around him for one thing. Uh, for another thing, he was trying to follow Eric Crouch. Mm-hmm. You know, Heisman Trophy winner. Now, how tough is that? And uh, you know, Jamal was a little bit uncomfortable around around reporters. Mm-hmm. And understandably so, because again, you're following Eric Crouch, so it was all part of this part of that. But it, I just felt like, you know, at that point, the program had had already slid, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Husker fans were hoping for the best, but but things, you know, when you hope for the best, and and that's the other thing is, I always felt like uh, Steve Peterson told me this actually, and the people will discount that because it was Steve Peterson, but. He talked about what a fine line it was, you know, that Nebraska walked, and if it ever fell off that line, it would be difficult to get back. Mm. And I think he contributed to it a little bit, but, but uh, you know, there was wisdom in what he said. Mike Babcock with us. Babbers, uh, we'll be following you this weekend with Husker Baseball. Thanks for jumping on with us today. Always good to chat with you. Thanks for having me. Be safe. You too. There he is, Mike Babcock, historian, author, Hall of Famer. And uh, you read him with Hale Varsity magazine hailvarsity.com yeah fascinating conversation we'll uh, unfortunately spend some more time with with barnett on that tomorrow mike leach mr 70 to 10 is coming up here in 20 minutes shoehart's on the way and now and now back to hail varsity radio 25 minutes, we'll talk to the pirate Mike Leach, going to be with us. It is gorgeous weather, it is time to get out and see Mike Shuhart, Shuey at Wilderness Ridge. Get the old putter handy. Don't uh, worry about that sand wedge, you'll avoid the sand. If you listen to him, we say hi to Shuey. Shuey, what's good? What's your Wednesday doing? Wednesday's good, man. The weather's great, sun's out, wind's not blowing too hard, it's really nice out. <laughs> so, sounds like golf weather. It is, and, uh, you know, I know it's going to be a little, maybe a little wet here this weekend, but, man, we're going to bust through for some great temps and some awesome golf weather. I have got to sneak in some rounds, uh, selfishly, this time of year, last year, with baseball pushed back. I was able to go play a lot of golf, man, <laughs> be outdoors. That's right. Now we've got uh, some some baseball tournaments to work around, but I will <laughs> I will see you soon and lose a golf ball or or, or several in in short order. Should we oh, want to no, not as straight as you hit it? Right, uh, yeah, right. Uh, just <laughs> watch me throw it. Um, <laughs> hey, well, tell folks what's going on. I know that the construction's been happening. The uh, the the updates are going on. The uh, of course the aquatic center is going to be phenomenal, but also. The golf's always been just incredible at uh, Wilderness Ridge uh, and a chance for folks to join and be a member there. But, man, give us an update with uh, facilities and how things are rocking. Yeah, they're going, they're going good. I mean, we got a lot of 
it looks pretty messy right now because we've got a lot of dirt being moved around. Uh, but that's a good thing. That means we're getting closer and closer to getting things built and back in shape, and uh, it's going to be incredible when it's all done. So they've, they've moved a ton of dirt to where we're going to put the aquatic center. Uh, I'm standing outside actually looking at it right now. So getting that basically formed and in place for them to start putting that in, and the building's coming along each day, new pieces of it, you know, with our new pro shop and our new golf academy. So it's it's looking just like a new pro shop and golf academy. It's matches the, the the building already. So if, when the footprint's all done, it's going to be incredible. Can't wait for it. Uh, Wilderness Ridge, of course, Mike Shuart with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Should we get to switch gears and, and touch on the Wells Fargo outing? And, and what, what can a win for, for Rory do for him the rest of the season? We're talking uh, quite a drought for him as, as high a level as he is. Can this kind of give him a bit of a springboard, in your opinion, as we look kind of towards the, uh, the Byron Nelson here this weekend? Yeah, no question. I mean, the biggest thing is he gets to shut up a lot of his doubters. You know, a lot of people are like, ooh, Rory doesn't care that much anymore. He's kind of losing it, things like that, you know. So it kind of quiets them up for a little bit. You know, and it's always a confidence boost. I mean, you work really hard and you try to perform, and if you're not performing with what your, you know, what your expectations are, I mean, now all of a sudden you break through and all the hard work you put in and what you believe you're capable of doing, it actually shows up. So always a huge confidence boost. So that can carry a long ways, you know, for the rest of the year. What? Uh, give me a, a thought on the the tournament here with the AT and T. Uh, we got TPC Craig Craig's Ranch. What? What's that course like? What's your understanding of it? Uh, I spent many a day on that course. Actually, um, I worked with a young man, and that's where he was. A that's where he played out of. So I spent a lot of time there working with him. It's a big golf course. Um, it's beautiful. Uh, it's got. Big, wide fairways, long golf course, so not super narrow. Uh, it's got some spots in there um, and some kind of treacherous greens. And they have greens set around um, some kind of oh, lakes, bunkering, um, natural kind of features that are in the land. So it's like you have to, you have to be pretty spot on with your iron play. You know, not as difficult off the tee, but gets much more demanding as you get – your shots into the greens and around the greens. What's your thoughts on on uh, old Bryson? Right now, uh, William Hill's got him at uh, nine to one odds for a top ten finish. But he thought he was going to miss the cut after not having a good Thursday and Friday, and and then he flew to Dallas. And then oh whoa, the the cut line moved, so <laughs> I had to come on. He had to come on back. Do you know anyone that ever? <laughs> Got a surprise like that where, hey, you did make the cut. Welcome back. Uh, yeah, myself, actually. So, oh, really, you <laughs> took off. What? Tell me the story. So, I, I qualified to play in the PGA mm-hmm. at Bell Reeve in St. Louis. So, I was playing, and I was the first group off the second day at 6.40 in the morning. So, I played my round. I shot what I shot. So it's like, gosh, and it's like, it, <laughs> just looking at it, it didn't look like I was going to make the cut. It looked like I was going to miss the cut by one or two shots. Um, so we hung around for a little bit, and I was pissed because I was going to miss the cut. So I'm like, I'm out of here. <laughs> so I jumped in my car. I drove home, 
I got home about right when the sports news came on, and they showed John Daly on 18 making about a 30-footer for birdie. If he would have missed that putt, I would have made the cut. And I was already at home. Oh, wow. So, so I don't know if that was good or bad. Bad that I didn't make the cut. Um, good that I didn't have to turn around and get in my car and drive all the way back and then play the next day. So, yeah, I've been in that situation. Did you send John a carton of heaters? Yeah. <laughs> I needed to. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for sharing that. Do you like, I mean, I know you don't care for Bryson, but would would you think this is advantageous to him? Do you like Scheffler? I do. Do you like Le- Leishman? I mean, who, who, are you, who are you giving me for win, place, and show this weekend? Two good names right there. Scotty Scheffler, he's a Texas boy. They always seem to play good when they get home. Um, and Bryson, because it's a golf course that kind of is suited a little bit. Because, again, it's not super demanding off the tee, and it's a big golf course. So it's like he, with his length and power, he's going to make that golf course much shorter. And uh, so he'll be probably – he'll be right there. I, I, the odds on him are probably very correct, mm-hmm. you know, because he, he played – he played great too after he flew back. <laughs> he played great the the, uh, the weekend out there. So him, I like Scotty Shuffler a lot. Um, I like Jordan Spieth, but Jordan Spieth is going to be a little rusty. Yeah, coming off COVID, right? Coming off COVID, I just saw that. So it's like he he probably a little rusty. But again, those Texas boys they have a tendency to play good in Texas. What uh, last thought here, about a minute here, uh, Mike Schuart's with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Will Zalatoris, uh, you think he can make a push here for a top ten? Uh, I mean, I like him a lot. Yeah. I think he's kind of, I think he kind of is going to gas out. Okay. You know, he's been on a whirlwind, playing really great, not used to being there. Um, I think you'll see him kind of, kind of peek out here a little bit. Okay. You know, and then maybe at the end of the year you might see him, but yeah, man, those guys usually have a tendency to do that. You know, because they play really good, they get on a hot streak. You know, they feel really good about what's happening, and then they can't quite sustain that. Sure. You know, and just lack of experience being out there, kind of learning how to handle all of that stuff that comes along with that. So, um, I like his game a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to be a fabulous player. I just think he will. He'll go in a little downturn. Mike Shuart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Go see Shuey. Got a fit coming up here. About 10 seconds left. Shuey, uh, this Friday? Uh, not this Friday. We'll have one next Friday. So. Okay. Go we get got a fit. Lot of stuff, man. I'm getting ready to start my women's league. How about that? First That'll night of good. women's league. All right, man. We'll say, say hi to the ladies, Shuey. I will. <laughs> All right, bud. We'll talk next week. Thanks for the time. You bet. Thank you. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Ten minutes. Uh, we'll spend time with the pirate Mike Leach going to be with us. Who knows where we'll go, but it'll be a fun trip with the pirate. Get into some of the NFL scheduling released. Uh, have you seen some of it's been leaked? Are you going to try and get to a Denver game this year? Probably not just because of the price and you don't know how what the capacity is going to be. Um, but it depends. If they trade for Aaron Rodgers, then yes, I am there. <laughs> That's the thing. We know, we'll know who Green Bay is playing this year each week. We know when they're going to play. We just don't know if 
A-Rod is going to go or not, or if he's uh, in donkey land. Now, week one is really awesome. you got the Cowboys at Tampa to open things up on Thursday night. Vikings-Bengals will be entertaining. The return of Joe Burrow. Steelers and Bills. Bills are a great football team with um, what they got at, at quarterback and Allen. You got Russ against Wentz with Indy because you got the Colts and Seahawks. Browns at Kansas City. Got to find. Now you're not a Chiefs guy, but it'd be fun to go to that opener. That's I mean, a, that's a three thirty kickoff, and that's a rematch of the AFC title, title game. game. Yeah, yeah. with uh, I mean the Bear or the sorry, excuse me, the uh, the Browns have done some rebuilding of their defense, so we'll see if they're able to keep up with that Chiefs offense. Chiefs rebuilding the offensive line, so we'll see. Eagles, Falcons, Donkeys, and Giants rematch of that uh, Super Bowl that didn't go so well. Lions, Niners, Jets, Panthers. So you get to see potentially. Uh, the, the first two quarterbacks go at one another. Always Miami, New England. That's been kind of a staple. Packers, Saints. <laughs> Could be a big-time disappointment in the quarterback matchup there with Breeze moving on. Cardinals, Titans. I really am excited to see Kyler Murray in, Ky- Kyler Murray in uh, Zona this year. Chargers, Washington. Bears, Rams for Sunday night football. And then for Monday night, you've got the Ravens and Lamar. Against Vegas and Chucky. So that's uh, always pretty good stuff. Uh, you can email us, chris at alevarsity.com. Give us a follow. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio and at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. So we'll get you qualified here shortly. Uh, one thing before, before we uh, close on the uh, NFL schedule, uh, one of the things that was leaked uh, today was the full Thanksgiving slate, which I think people are always interested yeah, in. Yeah, Buffalo, don't you? Got, yeah, the Bills against the Saints. Cool. Should be interesting. The Bears are playing the Lions. Why not? Well, why not? It's a classic thing. Detroit's matchup. always there. And then Oakland is going to be playing the Cowboys. Good. Give me more uh, Vegas swear jar for you. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I didn't even know I said Oakland. Swear jar for you today. Every time we say San Diego or Oakland, it's time to put a five in the swear jar. We'll get it right eventually, right? Until they move again. But no, give me give me that matchup all day with uh, with Vegas. Oh yeah, I uh, need my need more Vegas. I need my Dallas fix for for uh, for for Thanksgiving. Hopefully, it's the night game, so I'll wake up. All right, caller nine right now. ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. Uh, get qualified now. Four six six three seven seven six four six six thirty seven. 76-800-825-5865. Qualify for the Weber Grill from Capital Patio and the Flame Shop. The $100 gift card to Campbell's Nursery and Garden Center. And the $100 gift card to Leon's Gourmet Grocer. Put some meat on that grill. The grill, the gift card to Campbell's, the gift card to Leon's. Caller 9. Now, 466 Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Mike Leach back with us. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, what have you been up to? How are you? Well, we had spring football. I thought that went pretty good. And uh, 
had a lot of enthusiasm, and that's where it kind of starts. So we got a lot of good work in, and then uh, which we desperately needed it. Um, and I'm in Florida now, so because uh, guys are out of school, and and we'll load it up again in June. You know. Well, a little breather down to Florida, Key West. Yeah, you, you got your uh, your feet up. You, are you poolside? No, not quite poolside. Actually, trying to get uh, trying to use it as kind of a eat right, get exercise uh, period. You know, <laughs> Camp Leach. I like it. Well, it uh, is kind of. <laughs> so, so what's the exercise regimen and what's the uh, the diet look like? Well, the exercise there isn't much of a they're the the uh, uh, it's not a, as aggressive as you'd think, but I do try to bike around the island every day, which is about 13 miles. Uh, and then the biggest thing, eating wise, just try to eat less. I mean, there's better ways to do it. And I try to eat nutritious stuff, but um, just overall try to eat less. And then uh, uh, I've been pretty good about eating nutritious food. You know, down here you can get fish pretty easy it's not hard to find your way into some fish and and so that helps and then uh uh chicken and uh you know so i got been pretty good that way i have to say mike leach with us hail varsity radio head coach mississippi state so the uh u.s consumer and uh, product safety commission has just sent out a tweet little while ago and they are advising americans do not put gasoline in plastic bags i thought people kind of already knew that but uh you know i guess uh you know i guess some people have to be instructed in all things as the bible goes you know well wait wait. how did they do it why why they put it in plastic bags well you've got the gasoline shortage going on you know due to the pipeline right the hack that went on so you've got folks either hoarding gas in southern states or part of the east coast and then there's so much video on twitter of some gal i saw showing up and i don't know if it was a walmart bag and i'm not just calling out walmart but you know your old normal plastic sack a little bit bigger version where she she grabs the pump and starts filling and then just walks away (laughs) oh wow that's wild yeah. Um, so folks are getting gas anyway. Have you run a, have you run into any issues with that? No, I'm pretty much on my bike here, but uh the whole fact that we have a gas uh you know, we were energy independent uh, a couple months ago and now we have a gas uh, shortage and uh that they're not comfortable referring to as a shortage. Uh, yet there's people all lined up. Uh, no, I think there's a, I don't know where the incompetence lies, but there's obviously a high level of it uh, and probably several layers stacked on top of one another. Well, Coach, I wanted to ask you, Bill Moose has been uh, in the in the news here recently, and he's pretty excited uh, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, one, the, the football facility for Nebraska is moving forward. Two, uh, he's not been bashful about some expectations in Lincoln, and and the the schedule's pretty daunting. But I wanted to get your take. You worked for 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 Bill, and uh, did great things at Washington State. Did you guys ever have, I guess, preseason meetings or or, or postseason meetings about expectations? Because I know you really enjoyed your time with him. Yeah, you know, we we really did. Now, he's great at building facilities. If you think about it, 
he's probably the best facility builder in the history of football. I mean, he built that one at Oregon, got connected, you know, those guys at Oregon, and uh, was instrumental in building that facility. Built the one at Washington State. Sounds like well underway uh, there at Nebraska, and uh, which it's going to be an outstanding facility, I can promise you that. And uh, uh, but no, nah, not really. Although Bill is optimistic. I mean, you know, Bill's uh, heck, he'd uh, he'd expect you to beat Ohio State and Michigan, and if you couldn't play in both uh, uh, both uh, two different weeks, maybe they could just have an All Star team, and you get two wins when you come away. You know, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, he's optimistic. He's fired up and loves football. And so, uh, and no, he was, he was awesome to work with. Um, anything's possible with Bill, you know. From a from a from a build standpoint, I mean, you kind of had your own bar. I mean, you had your own expectations, but. Did you feel like, and I look at that year four where you guys won eleven ball games, and, and then you, you jumped you know, nine, and then eleven, and and I mean you, you had it rolling up there. And did did you feel like by year four it would pop, or did you just never know? Because you know you have the your 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 start at Tech, you had your success there at Washington State, and I know you're you're uh, you're on the the road to progress in in uh in Mississippi State as well but did you have your own kind of i guess mile marker or were you just kind of engulfed in the process and and the rest will take care of itself I was uh just full throttle I mean I didn't want to put any ceilings on what was possible but uh you know all I could control was uh me and the the others around me doing the best that we could and Mm -hmm. so I just tried to focus on that you know are we doing the best we can are we making the most out of our resources we can because you know you don't you you don't have a lot of control over what the other guys got and you just got to maximize what you've got and so I always focused on that and uh and you know just trying to make sure we're better uh uh you know, better one day after the next and, you know, and then try to set that course of achievement as you go and, and keep improving. And, but then, uh, you know, we had a thing hanging up that said compete with yourself. And I guess I felt that way coaching wise too. I mean, uh, gauge your performance uh, by whether it's the best of your ability. Mike Leach with us, few minutes, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, what what did a, a new facility do for you? What did it do for the program? How vital are they? Well, it was incredible, especially for Washington State. you got to understand, well, Washington State, we were spread out over four different floors in the old gym. It was a catacomb. And, you know, <laughs> you didn't even know – uh, you know, within your program where all the stuff was, you know, uh, the receivers are on one floor, the DBs are on another. So it went And uh, my office was actually kind of a hallway. Um, and uh, now it was uh facility wise. It was pretty tough. Uh, uh, I'd have to say Washington state was as bare bones facility wise as, as I'd seen at the time. And, um, and so, 
Uh, no, we we desperately needed one there. Now Nebraska, I don't. I would be very surprised that they're as far behind as it was at Washington mm-hmm. State at the time. But um, the one thing when we did build the facilities at Washington State, and they did it in a great fashion. You know, the end zone at the end of the field, all in one building, one block. You know, and so it was very very efficient. It was as efficient. It was the most efficient football facility I've ever been a part of because. It was in one end zone, and Washington State's built on a hill, so it presents some challenges. Um, so we were at the top of the hill, and you could see all different directions. And when I first got to Washington State, I would guide myself around town by looking toward the hill in the middle of town where the crane was, the crane adding to the stadium. And I'd try to figure out where I was in relation to that crane. But... Uh, they uh, definitely needed a facility at Washington State. Needed one desperately, and then you know it was you know that became such a perfect one stop. You didn't have to go anywhere for anything. Starting at the beginning of the day, with if you're a player with uh, tutors, your coach, your meetings, uh, meals, weight room, everything. Mike Leach with us, uh, Hale Varsity Radio. So I got to ask, any any summer travel plans? We we always catch up and talk about uh, the adventures of, of Coach Leach. You, you sent out a, a tweet earlier last week with a with a big old lion looking hungry under a tree. Are you got? You have a safari plan this summer? You know, I'm trying to sort one out. I would love to. Uh, don't know if I'm going to get it done or not, but. Uh... If I can, I'd like to try to go to Africa, you know. And um, so we'll see if we can figure that out or not. So what, what's your top three right now, your top your top three travel destinations? Uh, that I haven't been? No, that, that, um, that, you, no, that, that you've gone to. If, if, if someone says, all right, once this pandemic finally gets done, I want to go travel again, what's the, the tour guide Coach Leach say? Uh, okay, the easiest, the most instant, the most uh, beautiful, that type of thing, Hawaii. I'd have to say okay. Hawaii. Okay. You know, Hawaii is almost impossible to beat. And um, Hawaii is very impossible to beat. And then I think that, uh, uh, well, New Zealand, as far as just outright compelling, like something you've never seen. I mean, it's literally like Middle Earth, and that's where they filmed it. New Zealand's hard to beat, but it's also very hard to get there. That's one advantage of Hawaii. It's not very hard to get there. And then I'll tell you another one is uh, kind of the whole, and I take it for granted because I grew up out there, but Mm -hmm. the whole uh, going through the Mountain West, you know, like a dude ranch, that type of thing, through the Mountain West, uh, uh you know, I think is pretty tough to beat. And, um, and my kids try to remind me of that all the time, you know, because I think about going to a beach or something like that. And, you know, grew up in uh, Cody, Wyoming, right there next to Yellowstone. But everybody that's ever gone there and my kids have all loved it. It's cool. Uh, the The Yellowstone trip we took, man, 30 years ago is still talked about today with our family, just how much fun we had. The fact that there's, you know, a bison there eating some grass or you go up to the lodge 
and there's snow, and then you descend down the mountain, and it's 75 by a brook. So it was, you know, we went in, in I think, uh, late to mid-May uh, a long time ago. But, no, the, the Mountain West region's really cool. Mike Leach with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, it is prom season. So what, what kind of what dad were you with prom? Did you make your, your kids feel comfortable, or were you good about making your kids feel uncomfortable for prom picks? And then how did you deal with the, the prom dates? Did you make them feel comfortable, or was it all about kind of trying to, to make them squirm? Uh, probably a little of both. I, one, I was kind of ambivalent about it, you know. I mean, so they kind of took care of the pictures, and the, they took care of the, uh, uh, you know, how they went to the date, where they went, all that, and and, you know, my uh, kids were, you know, I, I didn't have wild kids. I was blessed that way. <laughs> but I did always I did always threaten them that uh, that I was going to show up at the prom, that I was just going to show up at the prom and and uh, just walk in and, 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 and wave at them, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, hi, Janine, it's me, your dad. You know, and just yell that out in front of everybody, and that would be hilarious. And I actually kind of wished I'd done it. I didn't, but I kind of wish I did. So how close did you come to doing it? Were you restrained uh, from doing it? Nah, well, my, my wife didn't think it was nearly as funny as I did, but she didn't think it was nearly as funny as I did. And I thought it was pretty funny, but no, nah, I never did do it. I never did do it. But, you know, it's like people don't really regret what they do do they regret what they didn't do and i think that's probably that's probably one of those things we'll have more with the pirate mike leach hang on coach Uh, we'll get his take on well that first big uh big check as a coach and what'd you spend it on but more with the pirate reminder about moving and your friends at west blue realty can take care of you uh, residential home sales in Lincoln and the surrounding areas. They specialize. So if you're looking to move, buy or sell, westbluerealty.com. Give your friend uh, Tom Luby a, a shout today at 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider, give Kelly a call at 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue. You mentioned Hale Varsity. They can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. And uh, give Kelly and uh, Tom a, a shout today. Tom Luby, Kelly Hofschneider, 1120 K Street, Suite 200. Let's qualify right now before we get back to Coach Leach. Caller 9 now for the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. Caller 9 now qualifies 466-3776. Get in on the 800 line, one 800 825 Five eight six five. Caller nine qualifies the Weber gas grill from Capital Patio and the Flame Shop, Campbell's Nursery and Garden Center, hooking you up with a hundred dollar gift card, and meat for your grill from Leon's Gourmet Grocer. Caller nine one hundred dollar gift card to, to Leon's qualify right now. Four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five. 5865 Collar 9 for the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. The grill, the gift card to Campbell's, the gift card to Leon's. More to come with the Pirate. Mike Leach is on the way. And open phones after Coach Leach and uh, your chance here with Hale Varsity. Collar 9 right now with ESPN. 
we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! few more minutes, Hale Varsity Radio, back with you, Schmitty and uh, Elijah Herbal. We are continuing to chat here with the Pirate Mike Leach. All right, what was the first big purchase, Coach, uh, you, you, you made for you or for your family when uh, you, you kind of made it? You, you made that jump to uh, a coaching position. We've talked student loans before, but uh, what's something you did for yourself? Jeez, uh, well before I could afford it because I've always been very curious about travel before I could afford it I did take a trip to Hawaii okay. and I stayed in very cheap housing there and um, stayed in very cheap housing there and uh, but you know of course we walked everywhere and did the thing and it was good and uh, got to see Hawaii and then um, um, so that was well worth it uh you know, a lot of what I bought or had was, you know, pretty utilitarian, like a, a car or something, you know, sure. like uh, try to get a car, turn in a car, you know, because uh, yeah, my wife made more money than I did for uh, the first 10 years we were married as I was scratching and clawing and going through law school and trying to get away with coaching. Mm-hmm. And... uh Shoot, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, it's like I never felt like I wanted for anything because I wasn't a big stuff guy. Sure. You know, I was a, an experienced guy, not a stuff guy. Like, I don't, I've gotten to the point where I don't even know the makes and models of cars anymore. You know, they all look the same for one, but I don't care for another. And so then, but, uh, yeah, I tried to have cool experiences as I could. You know, I mean, on one hand, it wasn't really a luxury, but I wanted to see Europe or travel the best I could, so I went and coached Finland for in Finland for a season, and in the course of that, got to go see some other countries, and uh, you know, but we kind of ground along on that. But I don't know. There's a lot of things to enjoy in every process mm-hmm. you do, and so try to do that because. And then every job I've ever had, every job I have ever had, it's like uh, I wanted to go see the, you know, there's something I wish I'd gone to see. Like, okay, so when I coached at Kentucky, I never went to the Kentucky Derby because I was going to go the next year, the next year, the next year. And, you know, when I was there and really had it wired potentially – um, I didn't go, but since then I've been to the Kentucky Derby twice. But then you have to really try to get there, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And so then, uh, uh, well, then in Washington, for example, um, the uh, you know those islands out there, uh, you know the the uh, those. The, the channel, what are they called? You know, the Chenda Islands off Anacortes and all that. But mm-hmm. I always wanted to go see those. And, you know, I was right there. All I had to do was really take a long weekend and could have done it. And, you know, you get busy, do something else, go somewhere else because you want to get out. Well, you know, right there in your backyard, a lot of times it's the best. And then you'll end up leaving. You don't get to see it, you know. Coach, last thought, uh, announcement today, Garth. 
is uh, playing Memorial Stadium. Garth Brooks going to do a show. So if Mike Leach could draft a, a musical act for your football stadium, who would it be? Oh, I don't know. Garth Brooks is pretty good. That's hard to argue with that. Um, uh, Garth Brooks is outstanding. Uh, yeah, shoot, when I was at Valdosta, my favorite was Travis Tritt. I okay. thought that'd be a good one. Here's a quarter. Here's a quarter call someone who cares, you know. Uh, yeah, you better look after yourself because, uh, you know, you think it's tough or whatever. Here's a quarter call someone who cares. So uh, I always like, and I never met him or anything, but uh, he was from near Valdosta. I can't remember where, maybe Douglas, Georgia or somewhere. I never had the pleasure of meeting him, but I always liked his music. Mike Leach with us. Coach, where are you off to now as we say goodbye? Well, we're going to get a a Cuban coffee queen getting a cup of uh, Cuban coffee, which is basically espresso. And then uh, then, uh, I'm going to circumvent the island, and uh, uh, the procrastinating is over. I now have to go. Uh, It's pedal, (laughs) uh, and I make up every excuse I can to put it off. Uh, and draw out activities in order to avoid it. But uh, eventually, in fairness, I do typically end up uh, getting my licks in and, and, and pedaling the bike. Sometimes I procrastinate to where I'm doing it at night, but I usually uh, pay the piper, so to speak. Well, Coach, have a good ride. We'll do this again. Fun to get caught up again. All right. I look forward to talking to you again. It's a pirate uh, from a Cuban coffee shop. Yeah, I love that music in the background. Down in Key West. So he is uh, off to uh, do his uh, bike ride around the island. Camp Leach, right, as he is going to uh, eat better and, and exercise. And, you know, I've been telling myself the last couple of nights, you know, I'm going to go get a workout in. I'm going to make myself go get a workout in. And I, I don't. Something comes up, right, and... Good for him, though, getting a little uh, caffeine fuel. So Key West down there where he's at is a really cool little neighborhood. And he's got a pool in the backyard and he just kind of hangs out, right? He's a little decompression before they get back to football at Mississippi State in June. So yeah, I like, how you, I like how you asked him about vacation spots and he's just living in Key West. <laughs> well, no, that, that's that's his thing. But he's big time traveler. When we talk during the mm-hmm. summer, he'll have been somewhere, right? He'll go. He'll take his coaches on a team building excursion, or like <laughs> I think it was last summer or two summers ago, pre pandemic. Remember uh, the last crusade, Indiana Jones and the last oh, crusade, yeah. Oh, yeah. like the, the the temple of the crescent moon. Where Indiana Jones and Henry Jones and Marcus and all of them ride out after the place collapses, that that temple inside of a mountain. So Leach is is there and he takes a selfie next to the entrance, going, Where's Indiana? <laughs> and I thought I thought he was like on a safari. So I texted him, said, Hey, can we get you on? He's like, sure, let's chat. And he's like, Do you go by Schmidt or Schmitty? I'm like, well, you know, it's Schmitty or Schmidt or, you know, whatever. you. And he's like, well, I'll just call you Bubba. So every time he answers the phone, it's a hey, Bubba. So so he's calling me. I, I don't I'm not a Bubba. I don't, you know, have great strength. So 
but I, I go with it. So he is uh, getting a little coffee and trip in. And next time we made, I thought, you know, talking Colorado 01 and 70 to 10 in back to back days may be a little much for Nebraska fans. <laughs> so I'll, I'll probably get into that debacle next time we have him on. So let's be honest. You don't call Mike Leach to talk football. You call Mike Leach to talk life. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, you just want to just, just BS. Like he's, he's, he's horrified by people filling up plastic sacks for gas. You know, I mean, Florida's in the top five of, of gas shortage right now. So, well, you know, one of the funnier things I saw about the, the, the gas bags was uh, every single time anything bad happens in this country, we all turn into uh, an episode of The Office. It's filling up gas in plastic bags and taking it it's, home. It's some sort of Michael Scott idea. But uh, so he's a big uh, Garth guy, and he thinks it's pretty awesome with Memorial Stadium. We'll get the SoundCloud part of, of facilities because oh, yeah. with. With his comments on, you know, the expectations, did, did Moose ever set expectations for you? And not really, but the facilities were, were vital. And, and Coach Kaczynski's also talked about it. Can you keep everything under one roof to maximize your time, right? Give me one location and you can eat, study, practice, work out. And by the way, the coaches are all there. So, uh, good stuff on the facilities thoughts from Mike Leach and the expectations. And, and something that Husker fans might not realize is that, I mean, yes, I remember I remember whenever these new facilities were like being upgraded and stuff back at early childhood when they put the big screen in. Um, and they do have very nice facilities at the University of Nebraska, but the rest of college football is caught up. Uh, I mean, I've been to Iowa State, seen their locker rooms, seen their facilities, just as good as Nebraska's. Uh, Iowa's facilities are just as good, good, just as good as Nebraska's, if not a little better. Um, but I mean, everyone's got them now, so it's not it's, it's not a different. It's it's like okay, do you have the newest, shiniest, and it's only temporary, right? So back to what we talked about a little earlier with Chattel's column, it is going to be about your age group. It's going to be about the the next. 18 to, to, to 40 year olds or, or 25 year olds here in the short term with, all right, are they wanting to go to games? Do they go to games? Can they enjoy it? Because, all right, are you going to watch Nebraska? There's still a large percentage of Nebraska fans that are 18 to 30 that, that still care, some more than others. My kid, he's 14 and he liked going to Nebraska games, but like the first jersey he wanted was Marcus Mariota because that was kind of his sports wheelhouse. Nebraska was okay. He was only three years old when Sue was killing people, right? So he kind of missed that that attachment phase. I grew up. Dad took me down to the, the stadium, and good old Jack Pierce got us on the field, and I got to meet Broderick Thomas. It was awesome. I was 10 years old, 8 years old. He was Irving Fry, you know, 5 years old. He was Irving Fry. I mean, so... A lot of Nebraska fans have that same story. The moment you're like, okay, you're, you're tiny and you're a sports fan, you grow up here, everyone's wearing red on Saturdays, and there's your, there's your dude that you loved watching. And then you followed him, him when he went and played pro ball. Nebraska is going to need to win football games and, and be good again and then make that climb up to, to try and get to great. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime – Make it fun and entertaining. Yeah, and these recruits, 
they don't see this as them coming back to rebuild Nebraska. They've heard the history of Nebraska, but it's not like a, a quick, easy rebuild like some Husker fans think it is to get back to glory. They see this as this Nebraska team hasn't been good for probably as, as long as they've been alive, or at least as long as they've been following football. Uh, they don't remember this Nebraska team being relevant. Uh, so it's it's completely like going and building up a, a program from the, the base up. They're not saying, oh, we got to go rebuild. No, I mean, Nebraska has not been like good since 16. Okay, where they were ranked in the top ten for a, a couple of weeks anyway. But they weren't even relevant that year. Well, they they were for the first six games. I mean, you get the the ABC win on on national TV against Oregon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can you can get back into the party. But it's, you know what are you staying? In what party are you at? Are you are you at halves, or are you at a kegger down the street? We'll get a jock talk on the way. Uh, good stuff from Coach Leach. That'll be on the ESPN On Demand section, also on the podcast. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Back into it, Hale Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us. Dr. Brandon, good to spend time with you. How are you? You bet, buddy. We're doing great. How are you? I'm good. How's the how's the old golf game going? Oh, it is non-existent right now. I've got to get out and start practicing a little bit. That's going to be ugly the first time I get out there. How about no, yourself? I won't tell. Uh, no, it's it's all right. <laughs> I, I have not swung the clubs really since Arizona once uh, back and got to start sneaking in some golf between baseball <laughs> tournament games, you know. So maybe, maybe that'll happen. Dustin Johnson is still bothered by some knee issues. His ailing knee is going to keep him from this weekend's AT&T Byron Nelson event and he's just not been the same I mean he had arthroscopic surgery on that left knee to repair cartilage damage after 2019 and that that kept him uh, out of the throughout out three months till the president's cup kind of take me through the dynamics of knee recovery knee knee issues with a sport we all love whether we're pro or weekend and that's uh, being able to get out and swing the clubs just how detrimental is it for a pro or for a joe yeah, you know, so the big issue with, with, with Dustin Johnson is trying to figure out, you know, exactly what, what did they do in 19. You know, just anatomically, sometimes it's hard. Patients, uh, uh, the folks will say, hey, I've got a cartilage injury, and that can mean a couple of things. You know, in the orthopedic sports medicine world, to us, cartilage is basically the smooth stuff on the end of the surface of your bones, okay? That's kind of the gliding surface that you glide against, if you will, when your joints move. And that would be really what we refer to as cartilage. Um, And then the other part of the knee that sometimes patients describe as like cartilage injury, cartilage tears, is the meniscus. So a separate structure, it's confusing because they both are made of different types of cartilage. Um, And so we're talking, one is the meniscus, that's that C-shaped pad that's in between the the bones in your knee, acts as a shock absorber. And then obviously the other part, cartilage, is what we're going to refer to as the smooth surface on the ends of the bones. So with that kind of description, going back to his, uh, my assumption here is the surgery he had in 19 to deal with some damaged cartilage, as they say, was probably that smooth kind of gliding surface on the ends of the 
bones and probably had a little bit of wear and tear, maybe some fraying or some cracking in there, some loose pieces of cartilage that they had to go in and kind of trim up and smooth out. And it sounds like it was more kind of on the cleanup side of things, um, although it's always hard when you're trying to grab that information off the web. At any rate, um, the issue there is, you know, long-term dealing with kind of some loss of cartilage, some wear and tear in that cartilage, you put yourself into that arthritis category, which remember arthritis is more, it's a spectrum um, of, you know, mild arthritis, which is just a little bit of wear and tear versus obviously severe arthritis when you don't have any cartilage left or bone on bone, as they say, and think about a replacement. He's not there, at least as far as we know. Um, and so you're dealing with these issues at a high level um, they just tend to be, you know, kind of achy and sore if you're not able to kind of regenerate that cartilage in the area. And so here we are, you know, t- two years later from that uh, event, and now we start to deal with some achiness again. Um, and I'm sure they're probably starting to weigh, you know, what are some of those options he could do for treatment. Dustin Johnson's our topic. Uh, we're talking knee issues. He's out of the AT&T. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. A jock doc Wednesday. And even if it's discomfort but it's not pain, that can throw your golf game off, can it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, especially with, with a, such a technical sport like that, that can really you know, change things in terms of you know, just your swing and, and kind of your mental game as well. And you know, maybe that's been weighing on, on this for him. Obviously, you know, being a power guy that he is, I'm sure that definitely impacts you know, some of his stroke off with the driver. Um, but, you know, the big thing with these, just from a cartilage perspective, is you know, what, what do you do about it once you start to get into that wear and tear zone? And obviously, uh, when you're more on the younger end of the spectrum, and if it's kind of an isolated area where you have a defect in that cartilage, there's some really kind of fascinating fancy things that we're doing nowadays to try to regrow that cartilage, which, of course, is kind of the holy grail of, of cartilage work is being able to regrow it and replace it with something. Um, and there's some really amazing things out there that we're doing with that. Um, the hard part is when you reach a point where you kind of just have some diffuse wear and tear, not really that one isolated area, and then those techniques don't work as well uh, in those areas. You know, when it comes to regrowing or even some rehab here, once a procedure's done, you know, what are some, some I guess, follow-up or preventative measures you can take? Yeah, you had the repair done, but how do you keep from having lingering issues even though you've had a repair done? Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, the big thing there always is, is a reassessment of, of your alignment to your mechanics. So as you're going through that therapy process after that initial procedure, looking at some of those maybe swing mechanics or even just mechanics in general with what he's doing in his workouts to make sure he's got him, has himself in good alignment. Um, obviously, the big thing is with muscular balance as well, making sure he has excellent quad strength and function that goes along with kind of equally matched hamstrings as well. And so those things are really critical in terms of you know preventative things. Um, and the other issue too is is trying to avoid significant trauma while you're while you're going through those kind of training regimens. So making sure when you are doing some of those higher impact, higher level training exercises to get stronger uh, for golfing, uh, making sure you're doing things where you're not causing further trauma to the knee. Um, so just doing some of those high impact things is not necessarily going to make the arthritis worse, but rather if you're doing some of those higher impact things and you're kind of retweaking the knee or twisting it, or if you're doing, you know, extracurriculars outside of golfing activities, you know, skiing, playing basketball, other fun activities that you may, you know, put yourself at risk of having further trauma, which then further, you know, leads to that progression of the arthritis. So those would be some of the things they try to be avoiding. Um, just in terms of you know cartilage replacement, um, obviously that's more at this point more of a surgical type procedure to do something like that, a restoration. If you are 
trying to regrow cartilage with, you know, say an injection, stem cells, that kind of stuff. Really, the, the research and the data is just not there yet. Dr. Brandon, with DJ's power game, what are some other areas he can maybe supplement the knee confidence? Okay, so my knee's messed up. It's been repaired, but I don't feel great about it. What other areas in his body can he compensate? Yeah, you know, one of the big ones, though, especially in our male athletes, is, you know, a really strong focus on some of the musculature around your hips, uh, in particular um, what we call abductors, which is where if you're thinking about your toes pointing straight out, lifting your whole leg straight out to the side, that's a maneuver called abduction. Um, it's amazing how many, especially younger male athletes, that is a weak structure for them. And so really working hard on improving that can help to compensate or, or at least put you in better alignment. Um, same thing with you know, your hip flexors, which is what allows you to lift your hip up towards the front. Uh, another important thing, uh, the kind of vogue term that's out there for all that is, is uh, postural restoration is kind of a fancy term that's out there in terms of balancing all those things. Um, you know, just thinking about him and say, all right, how do you kind of manage some of these symptoms, you know, not operatively for him. Um, obviously, you can use some anti-inflammatories on, you know, off and on basis. Um, you can do things like, you know, steroid shot in the knee just to calm down that inflammation. Um, you could even go so far as to do something fancy like a PRP injection, which we talked about before. Take somebody's blood out, spin it down, use that top layer of healing growth factors and inject it into the knee. Data is a bit mixed on that. There's even some stem cell injections, which, again, data is kind of mixed on whether or not that's helpful or not. And then obviously that goes all the way up to where surgery, surgery may be an option for him. And if you can find that kind of isolated defect for him, taking some of his cartilage out of an area he doesn't need, either transferring that there or for the best technique to do would be to take some of the cartilage out, send it off to a lab. They can regrow those cells and we can actually go in and sew those cells back in or transplant those cells back into that damaged area, which is a terrific procedure. It's just unfortunately a long recovery after something like that. Dr. Brandon, thanks for the time today. Good info. Absolutely. You guys take care. Thanks again, Chris. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, uh, got to check out the Mike Leach sit-down. Good stuff from the Pirate World Travel. Gas in uh, plastic sacks with the gas shortage. And Cuban coffee. What else did we miss? Oh, yeah, facilities. <laughs> we did talk a little. Oh, the football stuff. A little, little football with the Pirate. Good stuff from him. Love talking with Mike Babcock, Shuart, uh, Mr. Mike Shuart, Wilderness Ridge. Tomorrow, Danny Burke uh, will get us some best bets. We'll get his take on some of these Big Ten odds that are out from William Hill. Uh, Gary Barnett with us. The coach will join us. And then Parker Gabriel, get his take on some Husker thoughts. Uh, we may be efforting Pizzo tomorrow, maybe Friday. We'll see. But uh, Nebraska baseball on our mind. We'll get more into the NFL schedule that will have a full release tonight. And you can plan your trips to Arrowhead or Denver accordingly based on schedule, and we'll see if uh, the uh, Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes becomes a reality. Still a few weeks to wait on that between where Green Bay's at and what they do. You see uh, they signed Blake Bortles today? They did, and Blake Bortles did get Jacksonville to an AFC championship game. Blake Bortles does have the same number of playoff wins as Aaron Rodgers since 2017. Right. They each have two, but... Yeah, 
in uh, different ways. One's very responsible. The other got out of the way. <laughs> yeah, one handed the ball off. The other was the best part of his team. <laughs> <laughs> one, one won an MVP after uh, drafting a first-round quarterback. We'll see where uh, things go. But a uh, reminder about buckling up. 70% of fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. So if used properly, a seatbelt can and will reduce risk of fatal injury up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash. Buckle up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Really good stuff from Coach Darlington. George Darlington was with us yesterday on that 0-1 Colorado game. Great stuff from Mitch Sherman and his story in The Athletic. Uh, upsets that uh, still resonate 20 years later from that 0-1 upset-filled season. Of course, we're speaking of the infamous Nebraska-Colorado game. Coach Barney, who is uh, wearing the, the head headset uh, tomorrow with us on Hale Varsity. Elijah, I know you got a meeting for the dogs. Can't believe it, man. 20th season for Salt Dog Baseball here just around the corner. And uh, you're going to be putting in time running the, uh, the old dogs over uh, here in studio, aren't you? A lot of time this season. Yeah, I'm super excited. I actually got a, a chance to see Michael Dixon last week. Also talked to him uh, on the uh, the morning hookup show. Uh, Michael is awesome. Voice of the Salt Dogs. Oh, yeah. You'll be hearing him all summer. Uh, one of the best in the American Association. Um, and He's super not good, close. He is just uh, an incredible talent. So lucky that the, the Salt Dogs have him. Uh, I think he's actually somewhere outside this door as he's, we he's speak. He's pacing. <laughs> he's pacing. They're waiting me for, uh, for me to finish up here so they can get their meeting started. Hurry up the show. But yeah, uh, super excited as always for the season of Salt Dogs baseball. I can't wait to get out and take Junior to the ball game. I mean, yeah. just get to, to, to true base, you know, real baseball. I mean, there's there's high quality baseball in the American mm-hmm. Association. Um, I, I don't thing the the uh the, the pitcher tyler matzik he, earlier this week he was making the rounds on social media after he made that uh that behind the head no look catch and started the double play the pitcher i'm not sure if you saw that chris uh, but he's actually a, a former american association player he he had a start in lincoln two years ago that's awesome uh, for the texas air hogs now you see him all over sports center making behind the head catches american association baseball is great that is good we'll be back tomorrow find us at four give us a rating some input on the uh podcast hail varsity radio spotify itunes google play talk to you tomorrow at four